Greetings and welcome to a special episode recording live in the on-site Stream Commerce podcasting studio at the New York City Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum, September 2022. These episodes are presented by Stream Commerce, a full-service, full-funnel e-commerce consultancy bringing together the boldest and brightest innovators, strategists, and e-commerce experts. They are the Shopify Plus expert that does more than just build sites. The Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum NYC 2022 brought together thought leaders from retailers and brands selling direct to consumer. Top global consumer brands were joined by digital natives and digitally led brands from the fashion, apparel world, health, cosmetics and beauty, consumer electronics and other leading retail verticals for a one day full of education sharing and networking. Let's listen in now. All right, Patrick, welcome to the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum, New York City. I'm here in the Stream Commerce podcast studio with you. How are you? Great. Great, Michael. Good to see you again. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's, it's early morning. We're just about to get started. You're on the stage later. I want to hear all about that. But first, let's, let's learn a little bit about you. I see lots of transportation in your background. What, uh, you know, what's, your, what's your story? How did you get to do what you do today? Okay, well, um, so my story started out with... Um, DHL Express mm-hmm. in the UK. I, yep. I'm British, and I um, I started off uh, um, in in engineering, engineering department. DHL, big company, big global company, mm-hmm. and um, I was able over 20 years to move um, as one of their expats, move around the world to um, uh, roll out network initiatives, things mm-hmm. like this. So. Um, Moved after a few years in the UK, moved over to Tokyo, Japan, spent four years there, oh, wow. um, and then uh, to the Middle East, Saudi Arabia and uh, Bahrain, hmm. um, and then back to Asia, to Taiwan, and then um, over then to the Americas, where I was in uh, the Caribbean. I was general manager for the Caribbean yep. islands, uh, based in Jamaica, uh, and then um, about 10 years ago, uh, ended up on the West Coast. You're, in, you're in LA, right? You're in LA. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I've been in California now, so for the for the last decade or, and, or so. And and so okay, you've traveled around the world. Which place would you rather live of all those places? Work aside. Okay. Um, I, that's a good question. Uh, the, the, all those places have all got you know benefits. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, one way or the other. Uh, but I think I'd have to choose uh, Japan because that's where I met my my wife. Oh, so, fantastic! Uh, I don't think I could say anything other than that. Fantastic. <laughs> and and did you? So were you, did you always want to be doing engineering? And did you find your way via engineering into? shipping and delivery is was that an opportunity or were you always just interested in it or how did that come back yeah so engineering morphed into operations uh, operations i then went into commercial side of the business mm-hmm. um and then you know with with operations and commercial i had um i was qualified i suppose to then move into general right. management yeah um which i did um as i transitioned into the caribbean um and then uh, into the u.s so oh, I uh, I, you know i've i've I, I even spent a bit of time in finance actually so i i've, mm. I've done all those you know th- those those facets of yeah, the organization yeah. um dabbled in them all um yep. and then and now i I've, i moved on from that um uh from from transportation uh into the software business so oh, okay. so now with avalara yeah um and have spent the last four years with them uh, global trade, mm-hmm. so all that experience uh, with DHL all very relevant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and and now um, I'm responsible for uh, spearheading uh, our uh, growth internationally mm-hmm. of our um, cross-border okay. uh, products with Double So, is, is it a business development role more than 
I mean, the other one sounds like from general management. You've done—is it a more of biz dev kind it, of? Thing? Correct. Yeah, correct. So, but uh, I guess in your line of work, biz dev means you need to deeply understand the whole value chain. I mean, you know, the more you understand with your experience, the better you are at taking on these opportunities. Right? Absolutely, understanding um, customers' headaches, you know, their burdens, the, the pitfalls yeah. of um, global trade, cross-border trade, shipping, you know, from country to country. That experience is invaluable to right. you know to understanding their problems yeah. um, upstream, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is where uh, Avalera play a part uh, in terms of calculation of duties and taxes, item classification, this sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, I I very empathetic to to uh, the problems that our clients face sure. when they go cross border uh, because I've I've lived it operationally, yeah. um, uh, you know, in the past. Uh, so. Um, you know, I like to consider myself helpful. Uh, and you're right; it's business development. It's yeah. a, it's a relatively new um, uh, feature for mm-hmm. for Avalara. We've we've been doing this for sort of four or five years now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what is this? Tell me about the company. Tell me, you know, what what do you do? What's your scope and scale? Where you operate? And what's the what makes you different? Where do you play in this world? Okay. So um, most people know Avalara. It's been going for about 17 years. Um, most people know them for the U.S. sales tax calculations. Okay. So supporting um, the the calculation of sales tax across the 16,000 plus jurisdictions in the US. 16,000. Right. That's, that's all the way down to the municipal folks who want to build a hockey Rooftop. rink or yeah, whatever, it, right? That's right. It goes it goes beyond state. It goes beyond sure. county, beyond town. It's, it's rooftop <laughs> level. Wow. So, um, 16,000. Correct. So, um, so, so, you know, attracted a lot of customers, very interested in sales tax automation. Mm-hmm. Um, and those customers, uh, many of them had international aspirations. So they, uh, they were not just shipping domestically, selling their products domestically mm. from state to state. They were, they were shipping internationally. So you've got a new headache there, which is uh, customs duties and import taxes mm. overseas. Another very dynamic, always changing kind Correct. of thing. Correct. Like, I, you know, since your background coming out of England, you know, when Brexit happened, yeah. that threw everything up. And, and it, the rules weren't even set when that happened, right? It was kind of evolving even even now. very fluid yeah that's right mm. so um so so customers have uh, they, they spoke to us we listened they wanted support in their um, customs duties and international taxes overseas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that's where we uh, we created cross-border so avalera cross-border and um yeah we we uh, we're active in uh, we can we do calculations for every country in the world we classify products for every country in the world um we, we, we do millions of classifications every single month um, and lots of calculations. You know, so you've you got a whole team back at the office who does nothing but keep track of these changes because they must happen daily, literally around the world, I'm sure. They right? do, yeah. So tariffs change. I mean, the good thing is governments give you fair notice mm-hmm. when tariffs change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the three, six months, you get plenty of notice. So, uh, however, you know, you've got to know that. You've got to, you, and we have content engineers who scour the planet <laughs> for uh, for exactly that information, right. customs bulletins. We don't use third parties. We, we get it direct from government agencies. And then when that change kicks in at midnight on the 1st of January, 2023, our systems it's obviously been- reflect that change. Right. So any transactions done, you know, after that time will be calculated uh, uh, with the change. Classifications change as well, product classifications. So um, 
classification codes are sunsetted. New technologies arrive, as sure. you know. Sure. Um, you know, the classic is uh, room when the Fitbit was introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, nobody really knew how to classify it. Is mm. it a medical device? Is it mm. an accessory? Is it a watch? Mm. You know, w- 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 what is this? So, so new codes get created for new technologies, and you've got to be on top of that, obviously, because every code has got a different duty amount, and yeah, you want to yeah. be paying the correct duty amount. It's like three-dimensional chess, so to speak, right? Yeah. 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 Super interesting. Now, you're here, you're here at Golf in New York City, and you're going up on the stage. What kind of knowledge? Give me a a preview of what kind of knowledge you're going to be dropping and sharing today. So um, it's a it's a sustainability uh, session. So okay. um, I'm going to be joined by um, some brands who mm-hmm. um, who focus on sustainable products. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, super exciting part of the industry. So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, friction uh, upstream. Uh, merchants who are buying raw materials and products upstream, sourcing responsibly, and then we're going to be talking about friction downstream. So once they've sold their product. You know, the, the friction that they experience, tend to experience downstream when they're moving their goods, um, their finished goods. Uh, so when you overseas. talk about friction, is that like classification issues? Like unpack that a little bit for me. Yeah, so it's the friction associated with cross-border, which, yes, yeah, stems from classification. Everything stems from classification. Identifying your products correctly to the importing country and mm. the customs authorities mm-hmm. of that importing country and then um, navigating the duties and taxes there's going to be restrictions in there there's going to be prohibitions in there uh, there's going to be trade agreements between countries mm. you know favorable trade agreements mm. so um, when you when you're sourcing it it, it pays to um, examine where the the um, the origin of products can uh, favorably affect your your duty tariffs because mm. a trade agreement exists between you know the um, uh, exporting country and the importing sure. country. Like like in Canada, we're part of the CETA trade agreement, right? In Europe, right? So you know maybe you want to source from Ireland instead of somewhere else because you have a favorable trade agreement. Those kind of decisions, hundred percent. And you help right. with that. Yeah, your organization we support that. that. Yeah, that's right. So we can um, uh, we can examine. Um, uh, you know, options of uh, uh, supplier options, mm-hmm. the countries that they're located in, okay. of course, the products that they're, they're shipping, and yeah. we can uh, we, we can identify any uh, uh, trade agreements that are in yeah. place, and therefore favorable duty rates. That's so, way more than just figuring out taxes. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and uh, it's you know a lot of customers benefit from it. Um, you know, they'll choose one country over another simply because um, you know th- there's there's. Sure. Uh, a trade agreement in place, and there's you know, and, and again, another Canadian example. There was um, the there's a finding against Vietnam for furniture manufacturing, right? Right, that and then that kind of happened, and that switched where everybody sourced, right? Literally overnight, yeah, kind of thing. That's another example of the stuff you guys stay on top of, and you say, hey, listen, absolutely, this change is coming down the up, pipe. Yeah. Heads up, you might want to change your sourcing, and here's a bunch of favorable options you might want to think about. Okay, that's right. So, uh, advice now, advice to the listeners, and the listeners are folks who basically would be attending a conference like that, thinking about cross border. Maybe they're in it. Maybe they're going to get into it. And I frame it in the two starts and one stop. Two things they should definitely start doing, yeah. and one thing that maybe in your experience they should stop doing or you know do differently or you've just seen look it's not working we talk to people don't do this yeah give me give me your sense of advice so merchants who are trading cross-border who are selling overseas uh internationally um two starts um so i would um, certainly um suggest the first start because it all starts uh, uh classification is to understand your products and understand the classification of your products for the countries that you're selling into 
Every country is different. The EU is an exception. That's a block, so they share the same code okay. throughout the EU. But every other country has different HS codes. Mm. Um, understand your product and classify them correctly because that is ultimately what is going to determine the duty and tax, the prohibition, the restrictions, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, other government agencies' involvement, whatever that may be, in the destination country. Does that come to, to kind of language and labeling? Do you get into that? So, again, selling into Canada, you have to be compliant. You have to have both French and English packaging. Even if you know you don't want to sell into Quebec, it's still a national thing. Is that a, an example of understanding the kind of the, exactly right? Yeah, understanding the market you're shipping into and um, correctly classifying your product, so you're paying the correct amount of duty mm. and you're not. Um, if you classify incorrectly destination customs are going to have to start making assumptions on your products based off yeah. your product description. That could lead to nasty surprises, I suspect. Absolutely. Right? Mm. And uh, you can get held up. You know, there's delays, there's requests for further paperwork. Um, you know, the, the, the dual language that you mentioned, that maybe a request there. Mm. And you're just choked. Your, your products end up um, just being held. Hung up. You're yeah. just hung up. You're not doing business. And, and you've got a customer who's dissatisfied at the yeah. other end. Yeah. So it's... So that would be my first that's a, that's start. That's a big one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. The second start would be um, to calculate your duties and taxes um, at the point of checkout. Okay? Hmm. So your customer, your buyer, is fully aware. They know the product cost, they know the shipping cost, and they know the duties and taxes that that product's going to incur. Hmm. Again, to avoid nasty surprises. It, it used to be the case, and it is still sometimes the case, that when you buy internationally, they say it's your problem. Right. Here's, here, here it is in U.S. dollars or, or pounds or whatever. I don't know what it's going to show up at your door at, but that's your problem. You go figure it out. Your advice sounds like is don't do that. Correct. Is solve that and be transparent about that mm. upstream at the checkout. So your customer is fully informed. Mm. I know I want to be fully informed mm. of how much this is going to cost me. I mean, there is a sense in, I don't know if I call it the early dot-com days, that you know, an item fully expressed would would just suppress sales like oh my god that that swimsuit was ten dollars but then when you landed in canada with taxes and exchange it's now you know double yeah right and and people shied away from it for a while but but i guess that's old news right so this yeah. is very very old, old best practice so to speak right it if it is. ever was yeah. yeah so um you know customers want to see they don't want that shock mm. of mm. finding out how much um, extra they're going to have to pay out of their own pocket thinking that when they when they clicked and confirmed two weeks earlier online mm -hmm. and made the purchase that it was done. I had, I had that experience recently. I should give you the name so you can reach out and contact <laughs> them from a company in Europe and they sent me this bag and it, and it was not an inexpensive product and it showed up. Of course, I got the call from UPS. Say, you know, The first question was, do you have a, a, a broker? I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, have a broker. Right, yeah. I don't have a... No, I don't have a broker. Okay, so you could pay us the $58 owing. I'm like, what? Yeah. Where's that from? That's right. Uh, so, you know, I love the bag. I kept the bag, but I'm like, it wasn't a great experience, right? But, you know, quite often, um, what what you you accepted the bag uh, and you paid the $58 uh, because, you know, you wanted it. But mm -hmm. very often, uh, you will have the party that's purchased the, the item who will just reject that. I don't want it. And now it's got to go. Now it's got to. Now you got to bring it all the way back. You got to reverse everything. Correct. Right? So mm. the merchant then has to pay for the return. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it, you've got a bad taste in your mouth. Yep. You know you won't be going back there to buy a bag. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very often abandoned shipments huge problem. Uh, yeah, huge yeah. problem for yep. merchants because mm. what percentage do you think uh, if 
if I asked you to throw out a number of shipments are abandoned? Oh. I mean, very few, if they work with you, I would say. <laughs> yeah. It varies country to country mm. um, because the, the shock of duty, you know, there's some countries which the duty is much higher and than others. And duty in exchange, right? I mean, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I would say anywhere between, depending on the country, anywhere between 15 to 25% abandoned. And so, do you set a best practice for that? You say, listen, everybody's going to have stuff refused, right? Yeah. It's going to happen, but keep it below this percentage. What percentage comes to mind? Oh, I, I don't think you want, as a merchant, you don't want to be seeing anything more than uh, 7.5%, 10%. So if know. it's over 10%, yeah. you should be actioning. Something's wrong. You right. should be actioning. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a... F- under 10%, it's like normal It doesn't fit. Of it doesn't, it's broken. Yeah, it's damaged, whatever. Yeah. Right, right. So, um, you know, in transportation, there was a problem with, and it was damaged. So, yeah, th- that is regular. But anything more than that is a bit of an alarm bell. You know, right. what, 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 what are we doing in the customer experience here which um, is causing this? Right. So... Um, I guess that's and what's your what's your your stop so to speak? I guess we've right. <laughs> yes, we're segue. Yeah. yeah. So the the stop is the um, very traditional, um, you know, almost old fashioned way of sending sending products DDP. Now what's that? DDP? So DDU DDP. So uh, DDU is duties and taxes unpaid. Okay. okay. That was the experience you had with your bag from mm-hmm. Europe, mm-hmm. where you were responsible for the clearance and the duties and the right. taxes incurred. Okay. As an additional cost, that's DDU. So stop doing DDU. Stop giving Michael, uh, you know, um, uh, an inconvenient phone call, having to click on a link, make a payment, all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. Uh, delay because the shipment got to, the yeah. shipment wasn't going to move until you paid it. Yep. If you were on on vacation or you were, you know, here, yeah. it's just delayed. So um, so stop doing the the, the DDU um, and the DDP. It's a different inco term, and it means that the merchant is responsible for the duty and tax payment. The carrier, UPS in your example, mm-hmm. would then clear it, pay the $58 uh, for the bag, and then charge it back to the merchant. Got it. But if the merchant had calculated the duty and tax at checkout, you would have seen that, and you would have paid it as Not part already of the checkout. Partying. That's right. Perfect. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap up. How do people get in touch with you? Are you a LinkedIn person? And LinkedIn, yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn Patrick Frith, LinkedIn. Uh, Avalera is uh, you, you know is 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 where we work. We can be contacted quite easily on avalera.com. There's lots of uh, contact methods when yeah. you when you go to that website. But me, yeah, uh, LinkedIn for me personally, no problem at all, and right. I will. I will field any uh, inquiries I get. Well, fantastic. Well, listen, thanks for joining me. It was a real treat to uh, meet you and, and uh, wish you best of luck on the stage. Break a leg later this morning yeah. and, and uh, wish you continued success. And thanks for spending time on the podcast with us. Thanks, Michael. Until next time. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcast channel, or your favorite podcast platform. Please rate and review with a five-star rating and be sure and recommend to a friend or colleague in the retail, e-commerce, DTC, and cross-border commerce industry. I'm Michael LeBlanc, founder and president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. You can learn more about me on LinkedIn, and you can learn more about the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum and continue to keep up with the latest on cross-border commerce online at globalecommerceleadersforum.com. Safe travels, everyone!